And we're back for another part train. This is a special, special show, boys. There was history yesterday, and it's Ryder Cup week. I don't know if I can remember two consecutive weeks that carried so much excitement. My voice is already going hoarse. Oh, dear. I'm going to just go ahead and jump in because I just want to point out real quick, if you didn't know that Tiger Woods won his 80th tournament, this past uh, Sunday, but I just want to say that we've been a very pro Tiger Woods podcast, uh, save for Serm, uh, on more than one wow. occasion. And I just want to point out that I never gave up hope. I knew he was coming back despite all of the unfulfilled comebacks. And, uh, you know, I think everyone was just as excited as I was, even the haters, to see him walk down that 18 uh, to seal up. Uh, his first win in five years. It was an emotional moment. It was. It must have been a little bit dusty wow. in my living room because I was getting in a little bit teary. But I think it was the dust. It's pretty special. Take a deep breath after you say that. You okay over there? <laughs> I mean, you know, not afraid to admit when uh, things get a little emotional and things got emotional. It was. Uh, it was. It was awesome, and it was cool to just see Tiger in a different. Uh, you know, with a different attitude, very uh, gracious, and um, I think just kind of taking it in, which perhaps maybe he hasn't uh, when he was. Um, just scorching the fucking earth, winning everything in sight. Is it the greatest sports comeback of our generation? Oh, 100%. Next to Ben Hogan, 1950, when he had the car crash and came back and won the U.S. Open. I mean, Ooh, car crash. Historian guy. Big historian. Let me just, um, let me save us the time of having to go look up something. I'll tell you right now. It is the greatest sports comeback of our lifetime, maybe ever. I mean, he, yeah. He, I mean, he literally hit rock bottom. Seeing the pain that he was in, and like you know, I've had a I've had a fair share of my back injuries. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've seen you laid up. Okay, we had to yeah. dismiss Here's you from a couple uh, podcasts because you were on too many painkillers. We get it. Here's was here's a, there's so many things that are amazing about what he did, but to be so good at the end of the year, coming off a fusion surgery, like you think, hey, maybe he's gonna wind down at the end of the year. No, I mean he, he's. <laughs> He's a freak. He's unbelievable. That, that's and unbelievable. It, was the, it was the most Tiger way to win as well, given that it was the last tournament and to, to lock it down in that fashion in, in a very vintage Tiger performance, you know, with the, uh, the three days well with the lead. Yeah, exactly. 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 Guy loves to be in the driver's seat. He was hitting the shots that he needed to hit. He didn't shy down from anything. He wasn't backing off things and playing conservatively. He even said it, you know, and as did the scores demonstrate, the last day that course was playing tough. I mean, everybody was struggling on that course. Rosie was, you know, almost bungled it and lost $10 million. So it wasn't like he was shooting shots in the middle of the green, hoping to putt. Like, I think he was going after it, but it was just that the the course was playing tough. So it was a fucking grind, and he did it uh, with 30 of the best golfers in the world, the hottest hands in the game. <laughs> Uh, and he fucked him up, Ev, and it was fucking awesome. Abstract's really fired up. I um, love this. I love but, this. And you Ev, know what? It I had just, to be. It had to be Tiger's entrance. Don't you think, Ev? I mean, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second, sir. But I just want to say we're obviously going to get into the Ryder Cup as well. But we obviously want to talk about Tiger first. What's more yeah. outrageous? Tiger entering a golf tournament with a lead on Sunday. He hasn't won a tournament in five years. What's more outrageous? Him carrying his golf shirt on a hanger, going into the tournament. Or wearing a sleeveless shirt coming in. What's more outrageous? Just the fact that like this is his thing now. I mean, we saw him walk in with the backwards hat and the shades on. 
Um, I'm a real we, big we've fan seen that of this. Before. I know, but I'm I, there's a different vibe to it, and I'm <laughs> loving it. Okay, like, I, I also I mean, like I'm going. I'm putting all of my golf shirts on hangers now. I'm walking up to the clubhouse exclusively. I don't give a shit yeah, if it's I mean, the muty down the street. Yeah, well, I'm showing up sleeveless. Asking him, where's the first nah. tee and what's the course record. Huh? Sorry, before you say tough to watch, which you already did, but I'm going to stop you. I just want to give a quick plug here. For any of you guys that don't follow the Par Train socials on Instagram or Twitter, I think you should probably start because every time Strat and I, you know, we live we live in the same city in L.A. We play a lot of golf together. Every time we are going to a course to play golf together, it is now a requirement that we walk in with a sleeveless shirt, backwards hat, sunglasses, and our golf shirt on a hanger before you walk into the round. And if you don't do that, you're not allowed on the first tee. So that is going to be fully documented on our channels, and I highly recommend you you get on board. But don't ever, doesn't a lot of people do that in LA when they walk into work, like during the week? I mean, like, like wait, that, that wouldn't gotta, surprise me. We gotta me. answer the damn segment first. What's more outrageous, the shirt on a hanger or walking in with with a cutoff, knowing millions hanger. of people are watching you? I think the hanger. Shirt on the <laughs> hanger. It's a te- it's a technical fabric shirt. It doesn't. It's not gonna get crazy. Now, guys. And, the guy's going to be frothing by the second tee. The thing's well, going to be remember absolutely a couple, wet. I mean, how many shirts did he go through at the PGA? Like six, right? Like yeah. a round. And then he wears the sleeveless shirt on the last day, on, on Sunday yesterday, on Sunday at the Tour Championship, for the heat. I mean... As a big sweat guy myself, I can tell you that a, an effective base layer is going to pull that moisture off the body and help it evaporate quicker. So perhaps somebody at a Nike HQ finally decided, after seeing six shirt changes... Uh, hey, Tiger, why don't you go ahead and throw one of them base layers on because you're frothing, boy. All right. So, I mean, it's okay. crazy. I mean, that's probably the best point I've heard is this guy is known for having at least five extra shirts in the bag. Those things the, are rolled up, creased in the bag. OK, he knows he's changing to another shirt and he walks in with the game day shirt on a hanger the guy i mean he looked like he was showing up for a shift at a bar and he had his fucking <laughs> his white collared shirt just iron like ah shit i'm late i got five uh, i gotta punch in otherwise oh, boss is riding my, my ass God. like guys look we let's just take it one step further on the first tee he pulls out driver on a tough driving hole with ob left hits a 290 burner cut down the middle of the fairway club twirl I mean, you knew he was gonna win exactly it is suit that twirl and the trage that they showed and the fucking sass that he walked towards his tee to pick it up i was i looked at my buddy i said it's over it's fucking over i mean to anyone on the in mainstream media this is actually one of the things that i found kind of borderline annoying and fascinating today is every sport i mean to show you that this is the best sports comeback in history is purely defined by the fact that if you turn on sunday night football and they went through the highlights of the day it, they ended with Tiger. Okay, mm. this is a football game. They highlighted football highlights the whole time. They ended with Tiger Woods. That's never happened. Okay, so that's one. Two is all of these shows are trying to give golf takes, which is hilarious to watch, by the way. And they're trying to to like, you know, they're like trying to get ratings, and they want to say something different. So they say something like. Uh, Tiger faltered in the end and he barely won and I literally saw first take with Stephen A. Smith and the, the headline was is Tiger back is Tiger wow. back is that okay. a joke yeah, I mean that, I mean it's just it's just all cl- that's just all clickbait it's a joke stupidity. I mean 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get too hung up on it. You know? I mean, I don't <laughs> care if he bogeyed two of the last three or four holes. The guy made it. He he made it happen. He grinded. Yep. yep. So, yeah, I mean, he gets eighty. He's got eighty wins now. But we talked about this. I mean, everybody's talking about this, but he's just a happier guy out there. Oh, just yeah. a happier guy for sure. Uh, another he's, interesting... he's 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 humbled. Exactly. Good for him. And I think, and this was always going to be the case, and one of the reasons that I wanted him to win was because I knew that if and when he did, we were actually going to finally hear the true story of what was happening when he was down and out. Because all of the times that he was coming back mm-hmm. and something happened and he shit the bed or he's collapsing on the on the golf course, you knew deep down that something wasn't right. And you heard the rumors saying that he couldn't sit or stand or lay down, that he was falling over in his backyard and... He did a fucking life alert because he couldn't crawl back into the house. And I knew that if he once I mean, he finally won, that is, that's crazy. Exactly. But those stories have started to trickle out and they'll trickle out more. And it's going to make this comeback even more impressive when we realize that the guy, I mean, he said it himself. He didn't know if he was going to live pain free, let alone play golf, let alone win golf ever again. The guy just didn't want to hurt anymore. And he wanted to exist without pain and to be from there. To where he is now is outrageous. I mean, think yeah, about I mean, when you guys have hurt yourself. Like Strat, you've had rib injuries. Serms had bad back injuries. I've strained my upper back. When you've had, and and that's nothing. Let's be honest, compared to what Tiger went through, the last thing you're thinking about is if you're going to play golf tomorrow. You just want to like get rid of the pain, right? And we talked yeah. about this earlier in the year. Like we give people passes when they change equipment. Or they're getting married, or there's like a life change. We're like, oh, they have a they had a bad year, right? And, and they'll bounce back next year. Tiger didn't even know nobody had swung with a fused spine before, right? He did that. He he changed his equipment multiple times. He didn't know how it was going to be. He was the player with the biggest crowds, the biggest microscope of any athlete in the world. And not only he almost won in like his third event back. He almost won two majors. He was in there t- for two majors with the with the lead in the open, right a stroke off the lead in the PGA, and then he won the Tour Championship. Like, yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. I, mean, that was the, I didn't like didn't mean to be critical of the guy, but it's like, can we see him just play a, a regular season? We'll get into his journey, but guys, this isn't just about his physical abilities. It's about his mental abilities, emotional abilities. Personal. I mean, the guy has hit rock bottom in more ways than one. And his, I mean, he was 1200th in the world last year. 1200th. He was <laughs> That's pretty close now to he's still, record. Now, he, now he's, no, it's, no, he's still a little better. Um, and now he's number 13 in the world. Plus, he was not ranked in strokes gained. He's number one to end the season in 2018. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. I mean, it's fucking awesome. Before I ask you guys a serious question, I just want to paint the scene to show the type of impact that he has. And I'm sure most people expect this, but I was in the airport. I was texting you guys. I unfortunately had to fly back right when this all was happening. So I was like watching this guy's iPad randomly at the gate. And like random people, no joke, are calling out to us like, what's he at? What's Tiger at? And we like say that he made like the par punt in 17 and like people were cheering. People started cheering on the plane when it happened. We're watching, you know, hashtag Southwest, you know, got that live TV. Thank God. Uh, And we were watching it. But I mean, I wanted to ask you guys, what is it that makes because I would argue 
and I'm obviously you guys know I'm from St. Louis. So winning a World Series is like everything to someone from St. Louis. And no joke, he didn't even win a, a major yesterday. And I swear to you, it felt as special as winning a World Series as like a lifelong fan. And I'm curious, is it just the fact that like we've watched dominance and we want to see dominance again so bad and to see the journey of that? It's just like everyone loves the comeback story and that's why everyone is so enthralled by it. Or like what is what makes Tiger the greatest thing to watch in sports? Because I think it's been one of the greatest things I've seen in my entire life in sports. Sir, I'm go ahead because I, I, I got to take care. I, you know, I grew up playing golf as a kid since I was three, four years old. So I remember him coming out of the tour in 96, 97. I, I vividly remember all his major wins. Um, I think it's dominance mixed in with charisma and Jordan had it. You know, obviously now you have a comeback story and he said he's sorry for what he did. I mean, there's still some haters out there and they're lonely people. You know, I mean, so it's dominance plus charisma and then you throw in this comeback story. He just doesn't seem like a human. Never yeah, did. Yeah, it's like untouchable, won. right? Yeah, I think yeah. I think when he was when he w- was so dominant, it was incredible to watch. But it also it uh, it you couldn't understand it because no one, the common person, has never been in that type of situation. No one knows what it's like to be the best in the world and to be surrounded by the other best people in the world and absolutely mop the floor with them. So his dominance was taken for granted, but it didn't make it any less awe-inspiring. Once he fell from grace, once all of the terrible shit started to happen, he became relatable. So this once mythical creature, as you said, Serm, all of a sudden became more like you and me in so many different ways. So now all of a sudden we're watching a guy that now feels and looks like we do in whatever way you can relate to that type of, you know, kind of, uh, infallibility. And we want him to get back to where he was because now you're seeing the fight and everyone can sympathize with that fight. Everyone has been down and out. Everyone's been doubted. And to see someone be brought down to the lowest of the low and have the fortitude and the strength to keep fighting through that, to get back to where they were, to prove nothing. It's, I mean, yeah. it's the most perfect comeback story of all time. Like like a Michael Jordan where he, he just stirs our hearts. But like I think Brandel Chambly, former part train guest, said earlier, <laughs> Jack Nicholas arguably is, is the better player of all time if you look at the, you know, if you had to look at the statistics. But Tiger, there's nobody like Tiger. Jack didn't win majors by 15 shots, by 12 shots. Jack didn't make 142 cuts in a row. You know, like, I mean, he's just. The crazy thing about that, Serm, is that we said this a few episodes ago, but I've been reading his his latest biography, which if you guys haven't read, listeners out there are interested in Tiger, which is basically all of you. Read the the his new um what is it just titled Tiger Woods? I think it's called Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. The unauthorized biography. Let's see. Yeah, it's just called Tiger Woods <laughs> by yeah. Jeff Benedict. Here's one example. By the way, when he was a baby, he just watched his dad hit hundreds of shots in the garage, which I've told Strat he needs to put Soren and Axel, his two kids, in the garage as he hits balls in the net and he can basically create Tiger Woods um, B and C. But sure. um, he, basically that's how he started his life. Then, as a two-year-old, he got put on multiple TV shows as this phenom right. talent. So think about Mike that. Douglas like, show. There has never been an athlete that had more hype going into a professional career. From two years old, this kid was getting uh, 
this media attention. And then at 11 years old, he entered in a 33. Most pros don't even play 33 tournaments in a year. At 11 years old, he played 33 tournaments in a year and won 33 tournaments. He won every tournament. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so no, like, it's, it's, it... think about. I think Strat's right. Like when you think about a guy, like his dad, for better or for worse, like his dad had a lot of issues and. Tiger probably doesn't have a lot of social skills and empathy that, honestly, a champion of his stature probably can't have. Like, he needs to be a machine and a maniac mentally. All right. Right? It's but, his greatest strength and his greatest weakness. Right. So yeah. for him we've, we've talked about to that. be that guy and to now show some human sides, and I had a topic here on our, on our outline of talking about his post-win presser because I think there's a lot of interesting things there that show how different he is than what he used to be. I think just makes him such an interesting and amazing thing to watch. And everyone is just so enthralled. Like I heard at least five people tell me that they teared up and like six people at work asked me about Tiger that never talked to me about, about golf. Tiger effect. This is the best. So I think this well, is actually me, a good segue. Maybe we need to just talk about his journey. <clears throat> we have every big setback of his career since 08 listed out to give you guys context of how far he's come. So why don't we just start there? I'll kick it off. June 2008, right? He wins his last major at Torrey, essentially on one leg, immediately after has ACL surgery on his left knee, and it's his second surgery in two months on that left knee. Okay, then we move to December 2008. He's preparing to make his return. He injured his Achilles tendon in his right leg, so now both legs <laughs> are, are hobbled uh, while he's running. You know, the guy loved to run like eight miles for every round. And his comeback was delayed by seven months. So November 2009, Thanksgiving, you guys might remember this one, uh, crashes his car uh, into a fire hydrant outside of his uh, house. Uh, he gets a sore neck, cut lip. He needed to get some stitches. I think we all remember why that happened. The private life becomes public. Uh, then in January, Tiger loses $22 million in sponsors. The, the private life becomes public. Gatorade, AT&T, Buick, Accenture, they uh, they pull out. Um, it's a big pay, it's a big pay loss for anyone. May 2010, Tiger pulls out of the Players Championship after suffering a pain or two in his back. Um, problem that he was starting to deal with, and it, it was a it was a big lead up into the Masters that year. So in April, um, let's look. He plays throughout 2010, does okay, but let's go to April 2011. The Achilles comes back at the Wells Fargo Championship, uh, but it's his left leg. And uh, you know, that injury was supposedly sustained on the 17th at Augusta uh, from, a, from a bad stance. The injuries just keep piling on. Yeah, so then in May 2011, he withdraws from the Players' Championship. This time, after hitting six over par on the front nine, he would leave the course at the halfway mark, suffered a sprain in his left knee, and injured his Achilles again, sidelined for two months. Okay, in March 2012, after 11 holes at the Cadillac at Doral, he walks up the course, citing tightness in his left Achilles. So again, another Achilles. The, the this is the the like prime moment where we like hope that he's back. And then literally every time he starts playing again, he has a setback. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, August 2012, he's he's moving stiff. He's at the Barclay. 
He says he was struggling with pain in his back due to the mattress in his hotel room. Okay, all right, whatever you say. June 2013, he's complaining of pain in his left elbow during the U.S. Open, which is uh, an injury that he says occurred during the Players' Championship in May. So again, just injury after injury after injury. And the tough part is, and we think it's, ex- some people think it's excuses, you know, like there's just so messed up. August, 2013, Tiger says he's suffering tightness in his back. Um, the final round of the PGA, stiff neck, back, you know, talk about these mattresses. <laughs> um, but he, I mean, the guy has every injury possible. Um, but here's what people forget, but it did get brought up a little bit. In 2013, Tiger won five times. He was player of the year. Unbelievable as he's going through all these injuries. But I feel, I think a lot of people feel that Sean Foley, his teacher at the time, was teaching him a swing that he could not do physically and for longevity. Fucking Sean Foley. And it's crazy to think like you could be a guy I like hate Tiger. That guy. <laughs> you could be a guy at Tiger Stature and be blind to the advice you're getting. Where, you know, maybe to be fair, you don't realize at that time, like the move you're doing could be more detrimental because that's like something that happens down the line. But it's kind of crazy that at that level, you could be misguided, right? Absolutely. Well, it's Tiger. I mean, it's Tiger. He's always looking for something new, you know? Yeah. So then like less than a year later in March 2014, he has back spasms and pain and you see him withdraw from the Honda Classic after 13 holes on the final day. Week later, he complains of back pain at the Cadillac, shoots 78, highest score of his career in a final round, and boom, again, he goes, he undergoes surgery to a pinched nerve. And let me just point this out. In the world of push notifications, I don't think there's a worse push notification. And, and I'm a big fantasy football guy. I don't think there's a worse push notification to get than Tiger Woods undergoing surgery again. Like, it's the worst. We yeah, got a lot of them. It's, it's, it's worse. So... That was March 2014. Now, August 2015, he's back, withdraws from WGC Bridgestone Invitational due to back pain on the ninth hole of the final round. February 2015, he walks off after 11 holes at the Farmers Insurance Open. Back problems, again, are saying are the cited cause. December 2016, he returns to action at the World Hero Challenge in the Bahamas. But after two back operations, everyone is a little questionable on uh, on whether or not he's going to actually have it this time. I mean, by 2017, last year, you're just so worried for the guy. Every time we had to watch him, you're just scared something was going to happen. And it continued. In, in February 2017, he withdrew from the Dubai Desert Classic, Dubai Desert Classic citing back spasms. Okay? Fast forward a month. March 2017, he announces he will not play in the Masters for the third time in four years as he continues to you know, rehabilitate and try to become tournament ready. I mean, this is only – this is a year and a half ago. April 2017. That's crazy. Have you want to go into it? That's so crazy to think of. Yeah, so then April, uh, a month of the Masters, he reveals that he's under, undergone further surgery to attempt to cure the back and leg problems and suggests he will be sidelined for six months. So April 2017 was the fusion, right? Yeah. Um, so this was the fusion. And later on, we thought, why the hell didn't he get fusion the first time? Right. But we mm-hmm. know that's like kind of the last resort. So so that was April 2017. Then May 2017. And this is the crazy shit. And I don't even think our timeline really encompasses all of the stuff in between outside of, of injuries. But this is a good one that... In May 2017, this was when he fell asleep at the wheel, found by police in Jupiter, issued DUI, 
Um, he had weed, Vicodin, etc. cetera. Uh, all these painkillers and sleeping pills found in his system and just said that he accidentally over-medicated himself. And it's crazy to think that as Tiger Woods, you could be behind a wheel like that, passed out on the side of the road. So, like, this is really, like, you think about all these down, that's got to be the lowest point, right? Well, absolutely, right? Because that was um, that was actually on Memorial Day. And at that point, guys, we were all like, this is just so freaking sad that he's going to go out like this. You know what I mean? The the DUI was the only point where throughout all of that, we started to worry about him just as a person and was like, I just hope that this dude, like, gets to a good place emotionally. I didn't I, like that was the only part where there was a the uh, a part of me thought and this you know maybe it's maybe golf isn't good for him to be totally honest maybe right. this guy just needs to back the fuck out and like get his life right but all of that all of that <laughs> shit and look where he fucking ended up just this it, past week it's incredible he he played so well all year yeah and that, to finish like he did it, it guys it, it it's it's unfathomable yeah. It's incredible. Like you said, that's the that's the other story that maybe isn't getting talked about is that it wasn't just a fluke tournament. It was a consistent year of excellent play. I mean, this guy literally couldn't even walk, had all these it, issues. But he couldn't chip. And he couldn't chip. Couldn't and hit a driver. Guy the guy chip. almost won in his, like, his third tournament back. Like That's how unbelievable chip, it is. Like, he almost won the fucking British. <laughs> and, well, and the PGA. <laughs> yeah, and the PGA, except for if it wasn't for Brooks Kipka. Do you think he'll win another major? And you then do you think he say. actually has a chance at 19? Yes and yes. <laughs> Easiest <laughs> question of the night. Yeah, I mean, next, what else you got? There's only one. If there's somebody who can do it, it's him, right? But like, time's not on his side. I think he gets 83. Wins, beat Sam Snead. I don't think he gets 19. I think he gets 15. Okay, so let me ask you this. How do you think a major win compares to what we saw yesterday with it'll his be, first I think win it'll be, back? It'll be different. Do you think it'll, it'll be, be more emotional? I think it's going to be pretty mm-hmm. fucking insane. I think it's going to be, yeah, like distra- it's going to be more like a pumped up feeling. This was like emotional well, weight off all our shoulders and we just cried for the guy well because you, <laughs> you could you can make an argument that yesterday his first win is more of an accomplishment and more emotional than his next major right because when he comes back next year there's gonna be really high expectations especially to see how he plays in the Ryder cup and a lot of people are now going to expect him to win like most people if you ask them right now will he get to 19 or does he have a chance to win 19 they'd be like of course of course, because he just won the Tour Championship and everyone thinks Tiger's back, right? But t- yesterday was like, against all odds, he did it again. He actually put both of his arms up in the air. And so there is the argument that yesterday is maybe the most emotional victory we'll see from Tiger until he gets to 19 major. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I think it's just going to be, if he wins a major, it's just we're going to be more pumped up because we know he's, like you said, we know he's back. I think it's a lot like uh, when uh, uh, a rookie on the PGA Tour with a lot of promise gets that first win. They talk about the floodgates opening up. I think that it's similar to that in that it was good that his first win wasn't a major because the type of stress that's involved with winning a major is already something that's on a different level. And to add that to a, a comeback and a first victory is something that maybe not even Tiger would have been able to handle. So in order to get that first win out of the way, at least he knows 
the body's capable, the mind is capable, and now he can just concentrate on being fucking crazy tiger again and get into 19, maybe 20. Who knows? Oh, oh, going for 20. I like that. Okay, before we go into the Ryder Cup, I got to ask you guys. We talked about this a few episodes ago, but you know we called before the year started that this will be the greatest season in PJ Tour history. And we all agreed, like, Anytime Patrick Reed and Francesco Molinari win a major, obviously it's not going to be the greatest ma- the greatest season ever. But we were certainly very close, right? Spieth or Ricky could have won the Masters. Uh, the U.S. Open, oh. I think we were fine with back to back wins f- from Kepka. Tiger could have win could have won the Open and the PGA. Like, I mean, the- I I don't think not. Here's the thing: I think Tiger's performance. Took it took a lot of it over the edge, but we didn't really have a lot of the stars do anything really special. You know, I I thought it was actually pretty boring and some poor play from some of the stars. Some I mean, very inconsistent play. Yeah, but you but think, think about Tiger. The year, like what Jason Tiger Day, did though. Jason Day won twice. Okay. Bubba won three times. Who, Rory who, won. Who Phil, cares? Who cares? Tiger. Beef didn't even qualify for the Tour Championship. Remembering 2018 as the year, thinking oh, about the crowd rushing. 18 yeah. like we're all going to remember 2018 because of tiger's return right and it's we could argue that that was one of the most memorable seasons of all to, time you know serm said it was serm was saying it was a boring season i think it's because people were waiting for tiger to win and we got it and it's the greatest it's fucking t- comeback yeah. in golf and it's maybe yeah. the greatest comeback in sports certainly of our lifetime yeah. so is this the best season ever well we just watched one of the fucking most incredible things that golf will ever see and it just happened yesterday. So why don't you tell me whether or not this is the greatest <laughs> fucking season of all time? It's it, it's definitely one of the most memorable, and it's all because of Tiger. But like, if you look at the other guys, I mean, I, I think, you know, they didn't, nobody really did much, and who cares? The bubble won three times, you know. Yeah, that, I mean that's fair. I mean the guy is probably crying on the plane on the way back from uh, but, Atlanta to Paris. But, you know? but Ev, because you love greatest talk, we do have a very anticipated Ryder Cup coming up. All right, look. This air talk, it's been incredible, but let's not forget, we got the Ryder Cup coming up, okay? And as if we couldn't be any more excited than we already are, we got a little something to help get everybody jacked up. So buckle up and have a listen. The Ryder Cup. The United States versus Europe. George Washington versus Louis Fourteenth. The electric chair versus the guillotine. Okay, maybe that last one was a bit much, but fuck it. It's the Ryder Cup, where individuals band together to form a team, where camaraderie is stoked with the white-hot poker of match play, where golf courses become coliseums and the best players in the world become gladiators. Except Bryson DeChambeau, that, that guy's the worst. But look, this year, The U.S. crosses the pond to deliver a deep-fried Freedom Fist sandwich on European soil. And as if having to leave the tender embrace of Lady Liberty wasn't bad enough, the Europeans decided this year they were going to France. But amidst the white flags, stupid berets, and ridiculous mimes, a familiar face has risen from the ashes resplendent and red and looking for revenge for the last five years of uncertainty. Tiger Woods is striding across the proverbial parking lot in a sleeveless tank top dripping with big dick energy. 
This year, the Americans are showing up to take back what's theirs. So hide your baguettes, hide your cafe au laits, because Tiger and the United States came to do two things, kick ass and bang Perkins waitresses. And it looks like Paris doesn't have any Perkins waitresses. The Ryder Cup, US 9 and 8. This has to be the greatest Ryder Cup ever. Can uh, you yeah. ever remember two teams that were this stacked? I mean, I'll read you the teams the last four years for Team USA, and they were pathetic compared to this team. What's going to constitute a great Ryder Cup? A really close finish a, or a great miracle comeback? You know, I mean, there's been a few of those over the years, so... It looks great on paper, but do you think it's going to be close, or do you think the Americans are going to just run away with it? Well, we ran away with it last time, but look what we had. We had Rory and Patrick Reed going fucking shot for shot. Like That was 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 one of the most memorable Ryder Cup moments of all time. So I think we could still, if we absolutely kick the living shit out of them, we're still going to have incredible moments because it's the Ryder Cup, and it's an event that breeds... You know, championship moments, and there's about how they felt mistreated in the U.S. Get the fuck over it, especially you, Thomas Baders. Don't make me come find you, Thomas Baders. No, he's but not like, on the team. not even on the team. Exactly. <laughs> but the guys, but the guys talking shit. You let's know, the not, European. Let's not, okay, let let it go, Strad. He's not. He on the loves team. the <laughs> accent. I love it. Am I? No, but am I? But you got a lot of Europeans that are complaining about how they felt mistreated when they were on U.S. soil. So you're going to have a lot of Europeans on your. European soil, especially those fucking English, that are probably going to be trying to give it to the Americans. So we got a we got a real boilerplate going does on. It, does it concern you that the Americans have not won on European soil since 1993? No, it doesn't bother you. Does it, does it does it concern you that our veterans have poor Ryder Cup records? Oh no, it doesn't concern me at all. It has bothers a terrible me. Ryder Cup record. It doesn't concern me at all because none of these guys even feel that, and I think they embrace they, it. And honestly, the one thing I want to talk Europe's about... Ve- Europe's veterans, they got great Ryder Cup records. Yeah, but, you know, Coulter, Europe's trash. And Rory, think about... Sergio. Think about... I, I just got to talk about this plane ride on the what way do you, Ev, what do you hate about Europe? What don't you hate about Europe? I mean, Poulter, Sergio, Hatton, <laughs> Harrington's an assistant captain. I mean, the guy... Can't even have a fluid swing. The guy's stopping to swing halfway to try and find the club face. Okay. I hope he's just like coaching Rory up on the range. You I know, mean, like, Sir, I really want you to fly position. out to LA because I'm going to Strad's house at 6 a.m. on Sunday, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a scene. But here's the thing, like, I don't think people are talking yeah, I'll, I'll about this there. enough. Tiger winning again. Think about what that just did to the sports world. Imagine what that does to a locker room. That has that well, guy on the team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Strat, if you want to jump in here, I mean, but the camaraderie this team has, just because these guys are all buddies, like you saw them all there when Tiger won, like these guys hang out with each other for so many years when they were losing in the that mid two thousands, it was because there's no camaraderie on the U.S. team. There's so much camaraderie on the European team. I think there's a ton of camaraderie in this team, which is really cool. Well, look, we're in the this is the season of the comeback. Okay. Oh. You had someone that no one ever thought was gonna win again. You got a bunch of young guns who grew up idolizing Tiger Woods. They just watched the greatest sporting comeback of our lifetime. I think they're gonna go over to Europe. We got a chip on our shoulder. Everybody knows that Americans in the European theater with the chip on their shoulder emerge victorious every damn time. <laughs> we're showing up to fucking Paris. 
We're dropping fucking bombs, and we're going to win this thing. Like, I, I'm sensing a lot of negativity from you two over there. I need you to snap out of it. Everything's going to be fine, and we're going to kick some fucking ass. Oh, I, mean, I, I think, like, you know he's, you know he's going to put – I think we've got – what we've got on our side is, like, we've got some pairings that we know guys are going to play together. You're probably going to get Spieth and Reed. You know, you're probably going to get Bryson and Tiger. You're probably going to get Brooks and DJ. I think Europe's going to have – I don't know. They're gonna have to figure it out a little more. Do we do we think Tiger and Phil will be matched up together? Can you I imagine? hope not. I don't want them. To oh, you be, don't want? I don't think. I, I don't. I, it's too much. It, there's too much going on there with their match Phil, later in the year. Phil finished basically last at the Tour Championship. Oh, he did finish last. Let me ask you this: We haven't won a Ryder Cup since '93 in Europe. Uh, if Tiger leads the team. And he just dominates. And we retain the cup in Europe after Tiger just won the tour championship after not winning. It would since be unbelievable. Would I mean that alone, forget everything that's happened in the year. This has that has to be one of the greatest golf years ever. Two Ryder Cups, nineteen ninety nine, you know, Justin Leonard made the sixty footer. We came back on Sunday, nineteen ninety one, war on the shore. When the when the it went down to the final match, those were a couple of good ones. I want Stern's you to look our into resident those. history guy, keeping me in Jack. I love it. Big history guy. I'm gonna say this. Uh, there's a lot of guys on the European side that I think are are ripe for a psychological breakdown. John Rom, mm. Terrell Hatton, mm-hmm. yes. Sergio Garcia. Yes. Mm. I want to see. I want to see Hatton slamming clubs. Oh, <laughs> by the way, have you seen? Have you noticed that Terrell fucking Hatton? He apparently plays a different golf course than everybody else because every single putt he misses is because of some imperfection in the green. Every single time he misses, it's some fucking spike mark or some fucking ball mark. He mu- he must be playing a different golf course because I don't see anyone else uh, tamping down the phantom spike mark that's on every fucking green that he plays on. Also, so we don't need Pol- we need Poulter and Sergio not to play amazing like they typically do. With the European crowd on their side, it's going to get re- things really revved up. We need them to have mental breakdowns. Well, I think Poulter was ready to be like you know the comeback kid for the year for the Ryder Cup, and Tiger just shit all over that. So I think he's going to be trying to he's going to be trying to pl- uh, punch above his weight class, and it's going to backfire spectacularly. How badly do you want to see Poulter versus Tiger and Tiger just bury him? Oh, just nine on singles. Just nine. That would be unbelievable. (laughs) That would be the freaking best. You might as well, Strat. uh, They're coming back from a wedding late Saturday night, and I'm going over there real early on Sunday. You better tell the wife Jess that if that happens, she better just wake up because it's going to get real loud in that house. Yeah, I'm I'm putting holes in the walls. Do we think that Rory's just going to fold? Because it seems like any time that he is in a pressure moment lately. He just plays terrible golf. Well, I think here's the thing. He, he's he's got a good Ryder Cup record. I know. His game is made for match play because he's go for broke. He makes a double or triple, but it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you know, he hits one. He hits. He's he can hit shots. Nobody can hit good, good or bad. And that he's just really fearless. You know, so I think he's gonna play really well, guys. How does DJ do? Oh boy. He he went you you see he went left hand low. Uh, yeah, putter. Like God, he looks so uncomfortable putting that way. I've tried it's it. Trust me, watch. it's not easy. <laughs> it's tough to watch, especially yeah. before a rider. Maybe you should maybe you should re, maybe DJ should reach out to you for 
some advice. Well, Strat does it well. <laughs> I mean, his stroke looks like butter lately, so Thank DJ you. might want to call him. Also, DJ's dealing with, I mean, we don't know what's going on with Paulina right now. I mean, that'll he be an interesting he, dynamic. He doesn't Will care. she be there? No, she's not there. I mean, Tiger's oh. in the same room, so, you know. I mean, he might have some advice for DJ. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe wink at her, sure. Okay. Yeah, so... Are, well, are the Americans winning? Americans are winning this thing. Yes. Is it gonna? Is it gonna be close? Yes. It, yes. Yes. It'll be close because this European team is fucking stacked. I when I saw it put together, I got a little bit nervous, but given recent events, uh, I'm I'm very confident in the Americans' ability to take it back to the states. The hometown advantage is a real thing in Europe. Oh, and it's this real. This course is it doesn't favor a long hitter. It's all about positioning and and hitting greens and making putts it's you can hit irons and fairway woods off the tee and so that's why we were iffy on on Fino. but at the same time Fino makes a lot of birdies so i hope he does yeah but well. look, look at our boy tiger is a straight straight hitter now so oh yeah how good is that gonna and, be <laughs> and look at the european side it, you know they're talking about to your point evan they're saying it's not a bomber's course well tommy fleetwood sergio garcia rory mcelroy john rom those are bombers like they're not the only ones that are at a disadvantage here as well so just because we got a bunch of swinging dicks on the U.S. side doesn't mean that these guys can't fucking, That's true. you know, hit a, well, hit a long ball as well. So. F-bomb and dicks I mean, in the same sentence. How about that? <laughs> I mean, alternate shot is for uh, is for the poised and the, and the patient. So we'll see. Okay, so we're basically, we've gone long here. So I'm going to give each one of you a chance to make a declaration. If you want, you don't have to. But one last thing you want to say before we sign off for the Ryder Cup 2018. Uh, I'm going to say Tiger Woods. Nine and eight, it's happening. <laughs> Singles, nine and eight. Okay, sorry. Phil Mickelson doesn't get a point. Wow. Okay. Um, my takeaway is: God, I hope David Duvall doesn't mess it up because I don't understand why he's a vice captain, <laughs> and I just hope he doesn't get really weird in the locker room. I mean, we already got Zach Johnson. I mean, Strat made a good point. We might have the ugliest vice captain crew in Ryder Cup history. That's why. That's why they're in the back. That's why. Yeah. They're so in the back. I, I hope that they, uh, you know, when we lost Tiger as a vice captain, let's not discount the the impact that bringing David Duvall does. Um, if if Duvall starts handing out fucking blue blockers to everybody in the locker room, then we're in trouble. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> why do you guys hate on Duvall? Oh boy, that's a different episode. <laughs> okay, I think that's probably a good uh, a good sign for us to call this off. But I'm I cannot wait. This could be one of the best Blue weekends block. golf's had, and um, I I just hope that the the U.S. can bring it home. Hey, Ev, it's gonna be the best, best ever, USA. 